Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Hello and welcome to the first Wrestling Daily at the Post Louis Dangor World. Here we are, it is Wednesday, you know who comes to town on Wednesdays. It is of course, the Daily Boys are in the house, right here on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. Thanks for joining us once again. SP3, my man, how are you? I am doing great. Wednesday is always a great day. I get to share the screen with my Daily Boys brethren. Uh, we are we are mourning the loss of uh, Louis. I, I sing it for you. I got to sing it for the people. Leave the memories alone. Don't change a thing. And I want you here. Leave you in the memories. <laughs> Break it down. <laughs> Serenade. Um, man, yeah, Louis obviously departed yesterday. It was his last show. He will be back when we get to the eventual war games, and I'm sure he'll do some guest stuff from time to time. But he, we wish him the best of luck. He's on to pastures new. And, of course, we're all moving forward because here on Wrestling Daily, we have a lot to talk about today. If you want to have your say, you know what to do. WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Get the Ultra Chats in. You know, we're going to talk about Eddie Kingston, what he had to say after AEW's show, and what Bully Ray, or Bubba Ray Dudley, has had to say in response. Very interesting stuff. Uh, little bits and pieces of news for us to pick up on. Um, NXT, of course, was last night. And we're going to have our own little debate on the best and worst gimmicks to come from NXT up into the main roster. Whose fault was it? la di da di da uh, also, I do want to talk about the list that WWE have put out. The top five tag teams in their humble opinion. The official top five has been released with New Day as the number ones. Um, predictably, Twitter is ablaze with opinions on this. But uh, SB3 and I will help you wade through the weeds and try and get to the goodness uh, and try and break down why, in actual fact, that top five is pretty good, in my opinion. Um so, I must just ask, first and foremost, SP3, how have you been, man? What's been going on in the True Hill Heat Network this week? Well, ironically enough, uh, coming up right after this show is is done, I uh, put it for 9.15 BST, 4.15 Eastern Time, my interview with Weston Blake, the full interview will be live on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. It was featured on Alex's radio show on Monday, and the full interview is going to be up. So, you know, you don't have Quizzlemania this week, so jump on over to the True Hill mm. Heat YouTube channel when Wrestling Daily is done, and check out me and Weston Blake. We talk about his WWE release. We talk about the controversial tweet from Jackson Riker, original plans for the Forgotten Sons, and the Knights of the Lone Wolf. 
a lot of good stuff in that interview with me and Weston Blake. So check it out. SB3 has been hired as my like official North American correspondent uh, for Talk Wrestling, and he's been doing a sterling job. Uh, he's done Thank a fair you. few interviews recently about Del Rio in there as well, I believe. So uh, keep your eyes peeled on the True Hill Heat Network. Uh, as for me, I have a pretty big interview tomorrow with a certain NXT star, um, although I cannot reveal whom until it happens Ooh. because... That just bites you in the ass. You t- you know, then it's like, oh, it got cancelled. Uh, what happened, Alex? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I don't like to say until it happens, but it's a it's a good one. I'm really excited about it. So, uh, I will be giving you all the news from that tomorrow. I'm going to share some clips and stuff from Steve Macklin and a few of the other guys that we've interviewed over the past couple of weeks on my Instagram, which um, I need to give a bit more love to. It's been my daughter's birthday, right? So I've just kind of been yeah. honed, honed in. Um, but I will be doing that. Now, maybe I'll do a QA and a this week as well, guys. Uh, if you ever if you want to touch on the UK tour news and things of that nature, I am your guy. But titular news time, SP3. It is. Uh, Bully Ray's has something to say about what Eddie Kingston had to say after AEW Dynamite. Now, let's have that portion of the story first. Kingston essentially was saying, what's going on on the other channel? Wink, wink, as in to talk about WWE. Uh, I don't know if you have the full comments to hand or anything like that, SP3, or you watched it. But um, if you want to paraphrase for us, feel free. So basically, Eddie Kingston was uh, chosen as the the baby face of the company. It's usual what you see... Oh, yes, yeah. he did. Yes, yes I he did. did. Yes, I did. Thank you, Gate Crusher. Uh, yes, uh, he cut a promo following AEW Dynamite on Saturday, following the whole uh, post match with HFO and the elite. Eddie Kingston and Penta came out and made the save. Eddie Kingston basically did the go home uh, promo for the company. And in the promo, he basically said, you're not going to see performers like Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega on the other channel. You're not going to see respected legends like Christian on the other channel. You're not going to see the heart and passion that the AEW roster has back there on the other channel. And AEW decided to actually make this uh, public. It made it public on their YouTube channel and social media platforms, which has caused quite the stir with a lot of uh, professional wrestling fans. And it seems the pundits and former superstars as well. With now Bully Ray on Busted Open Radio today, he came out and he basically said uh, the, the, the short quote, I will paraphrase this because we, we do want to make monetization here. Uh, shut the <laughs> up and stay in your lane. Uh, he basically told Eddie Kingston. He he did show respect to Eddie Kingston. He said if he was like the captain for a promo battle, he would pick Eddie Kingston as the first guy because he has like the realism. He has kind of a promo style that's much akin to him. And I do I did want to mention that because this kind of going to be a part of my opinion on what he had to say. He said his promo style is kind of akin to him as well as uh, Taz. And, but he was like, he, he finds it okay if Cody wants to like crush a throne. He finds it okay if Chris Jericho wants to say F you. But Eddie Kingston, he doesn't see, he doesn't think it's right for him to comment on WWE. And he said that even, you know, when he said it, the crowd didn't even respond to him the way that he wanted to. And he was just basically very critical of Eddie Kingston being the one to kind of take shots at WWE. 
Now, it's worth mentioning at this point, AEW put it out, but they didn't really have a choice because it had already gone viral um, from the people who had been in attendance and they had obviously recorded it and stuff. So, I mean, they had a choice, but at the same time, everyone had seen it. So, yeah, I really, that's kind of by the by that AEW put it out. Um, I get what Bubba is saying. Really, I don't know if I agree with it, like word for word, but I, I do understand what he means. Like for Eddie Kingston to be the guy who really only ever had a WWE tryout to kind of say what it is and isn't, eh. um, it, you know, if it was from the words of someone like a Cody or Jericho, as Bubba says, yeah, I, I get it. But um, at the same time, I really don't think it's that deep. Like I, I just don't think, you know. Uh, whenever anyone takes shots at anyone on either channel, more so on AEW, admittedly, I just like yeah, just calm down a bit. Like it's just it's just fun, right? It's just a rivalry. It's a war between two wrestling brands. I don't, I I, I don't take it as you know. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't like strike a chord to me when they say something like that. I'm like, oh. How could they? You know, it's just it's just part of the the fun of it, right? Like, yeah. you know, uh, for so long, fans were like, "Oh man, you know, don't no one's competing with WWE," and you know, it's kind of all this sterile wrestling environment. And then, you know, there's two two legitimate wrestling companies, and a couple of shots are thrown, and people are getting in their feelings about it. I just, man, to to me, it's it's a bit much. I I don't it. I, I can't understand fans who get like deadly offended about it. I really don't. Um, but. Uh, I do want to say it's a shame Louis burner account has come along here. Uh, graphics flam. Come on, Louis, get off the computer. Um, but you know, I do want to mention, so Eddie Kingston has been on uh, a radio show. I believe it was Dominic and Marcus D'Angelo of uh, WrestleZone.com. And he talked about it and he said, let's all calm down. You think I'm going to bury the locker room that I work for? No. Plus, I love our locker room. I love AEW. What do you want from me? They're paying me. They're putting me on national television. uh, It'll be 20 years in October that he's been wrestling. Of course, I'm going to rah-rah AEW. Uh, Relax, relax. I expect people from the other joint, if they're allowed to mention names, uh, they'll probably do the same thing. Because you know what I mean? They'll want their home team to win. It's just like the NFL or Major League Baseball, man. You want to go with your home team. AEW is my team. That's my squad. Like, I, I I I totally get what he's saying. I really do. I really do. And I know it's not just like a favoritism on um, you know just because I love Eddie Kingston. Uh, I just objectively looking at it, I do understand what Bubba said, and I do think it has some merits. But at the same time, it, it's it's no need to like you know get all bent out of shape about. Um, I do want to just continue Eddie's quote here. He says, "Man, competition's good. Watch pro wrestling. I don't care." I grew up during the days of the 90s when you had guys in ECW calling out everybody. You had WCW doing everything they could to beat WWE. They did too. It's good. Competition's good because then everybody watches pro wrestling. When everybody watches it, for those who are into it for this, this happens. He indicates making money. Yeah. Uh, I'm into it. I'm into it because I love it. I never want to do anything else. But anyway, I digress because I could keep talking. But for what happened for the after show, let everyone go home happy. People got butt hurt and some didn't. Everyone relax. Let's love it. Let's love this. Let's relax. Now, that's my actual first time reading that quote, to be honest. Um, But it obviously is a lot of the sentiments that I just said. It's really not that deep at all. It's just textbook stuff. It's like any sport, anyone who reps who they're with. Like, I just don't think it's that deep. I just think that today's culture 
is a very sensitive culture and you know really yeah you 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 know it too because you follow basketball like me and oh, as a wow. laker fan we get it now where people are like why can't you cheer for the clippers they're from the same city and you know in wrestling this whole this whole response to the eddie kingston promo just made me go like okay you can now point out each and every fan that didn't live through the attitude era you can yeah. kind of point it out because you literally had on Monday Night Raw for weeks upon weeks the billionaire Ted segment. And I'm not saying they were good, but those were full acknowledgments of what was going on on the other channel. You had Eric Bischoff referencing and challenging Vince McMahon on national TV. You had The Rock cut a promo where he said, oh, I'm not going to be like, who to beat the man to beat. Oh, no, no, that's not my line. That's not my line. What, what you going to do, brother? Like, they made references back. That was a good forth. promo. It was. And ECW, Bully Ray. This is my issue with this whole, with Bully Ray being the person to, like, like he's saying, Eddie shouldn't be the guy to say that, you know, Cody, Chris Jericho. Well, I'm sorry, Billy Ray. You shouldn't be the one to criticize Eddie Kingston because you, my friend, went on ECW and would talk trash about the WWF and WCW. Uh, 15 years ago, when you went to TNA, your very first promo was about t telling the WWE that they can't trademark Team 3D. Like, you reference the other companies all the time. And you can say, hey, I was there when I did it in TNA. You were not in WWE when you did it in ECW, though. So you have been in Eddie Kingston's shoes. So, okay, maybe you need to, you, you did a great job of baking him up. You said that you love Eddie Kingston, but you should have also referenced the fact that you've been in Eddie Kingston's shoes and you've been a guy that didn't work for the other company who talked trash about the other company. So I just feel like you're the pot calling the kettle black because you didn't make that type of acknowledgement. So mm. I, I kind of am in the middle ground with you where, I understand where he's coming from and I kind of agree. I don't think I don't think AEW stars should be talking about WWE all the time or as I don't think they do it all the time but as much as they do. But I'm 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 of the nature of where I'm from. You got to keep the same energy. And if Billy Ray didn't say that when Triple H said pissant company at their Hall of Fame ceremony talking about AEW, if he didn't say anything when Sami Zayn referenced AEW before they even had an AEW Dynamite, then you need to keep that same energy and you stay in your lane and keep your mouth shut when it comes to Eddie Kingston cutting this promo. Because all Eddie Kingston did is he drew up a lot of attention for himself. He drew up a lot of attention for AEW. And people were talking about the show afterwards. You know, people would have just been talking about, hey, great performance by Jungle Boy, great matchup with Kenny Omega. But it caused a, a firestorm. And in this nature that, like I said at the beginning, the sensitive nature of the world that we're living in, sometimes you got to ruffle some feathers to get people talking about for days upon days. I think that by Monday, people would have stopped talking about Saturday Night Dynamite. They just would have been like, Jungle Boy had an all-time performance. We'll remember that, but we're going to stop talking about Dynamite. We are here on Wednesday, and we are still talking about Saturday Night Dynamite with something that happened off camera after the show. This is what Eddie Kingston wanted at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, somebody wise once said controversy creates cash and it absolutely does particularly in the wrestling world um i, I think I, I don't know and maybe he didn't articulate this but what i took from it is that he sh eddie should have known better for how long he's been around i think that's what he was getting at yeah. which you know without i guess laying everything out is maybe bubba acknowledging you know you haven't been both places and you've been in the industry for this long 
not that I agree with the sentiment, but that's how I took what Bubba said. Um, but yeah, you know, to, to me, like I said, it's really not a big deal. I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, context is also key. You know, you were saying there about you know Triple H calling them a pissant company. Ob- you know, it's obviously in that context, it was a joke because Billy Gunn was with him on stage. Yeah. Like, like in the same way that, you know, sometimes in being the elite, they'll have similar jokes. You know, I don't think that's the same as maybe what Eddie Kingston was going for in this promo. Do you know what I mean? They're different yeah. instances, but um, at the same time, it's the same ballpark. And I think if you're going to, you know, you're going to get your feathers, feathers, uh, feathers, feathers ruffled um, over things like this, then man, like maybe wrestling just is, maybe it's just not for you like uh, it's just a it's a weird you know it's a weird thing um to get that emotionally offended by and i i'm not gonna lie i was very surprised that bubba ray of all people um was the guy to take him to task but man the the guy's the guy's got a radio show so you know he's got stuff to say uh but again like i said i I, the only part i really agreed with was was it it would have carried more weight if it come from someone else that's it really um when it comes to reading what Eddie Kingston said, I agree with that statement, basically this entirety. It's really not that serious. He is an AEW player. You'd expect anything of the same. If WWE do that and they don't, just because WWE live in their own little world where there isn't really anyone but WWE. But if they did, um, I don't know why everyone would think it's such a bad thing that companies taking shots at each other and, you know, little rivalries developing. I think it's good for everyone. That's just me personally. What do we know? Um, but I do think for what Eddie Kingston said, I, I, I wondered if I'd missed something. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. watched it and then people were kind of going mad about it on Twitter. And I was thinking, maybe I didn't see the whole thing. Like I, it just wasn't that bad. Um, I saw people know, like, this is why I don't support AEW. This is why. This well, is well, listen, why. listen, Seth, Seth Rollins, it wasn't that long ago. And I know Seth gets taken to task for everything that he says. Uh, he could say the sky is blue. And everyone would go, oh, my God, did you hear this? Um, but, you know, he, he was he was out there not long ago. And this is nearly identical energy to what Eddie Kingston was saying, saying that nobody works harder than WWE superstars. Like, nobody does it night in, night out what they do. He went as to, and he said they have the best roster on the planet. This that's I'm paraphrasing, but that's nearly a direct quote. Um, from from what he said, I I will find the exact wording, but that's essentially what he said. Night in, night out, nobody can touch WWE, which is essentially saying to all of these guys, everyone else, AEW, New Japan, whatever. And I get what Seth meant because the WWE schedule at that time was ridiculous. But he again, he's doing it for his home team. Exactly. What else do you think they're gonna say? Um, you know, and I remember um, Triple H as well when the interview I did with him. And he yeah. was like saying, oh, you know, and again, not in as many words, but he was like, oh, it's cool because AEW's Dynamite hadn't actually started yet. This is, um, you know, TakeOver Cardiff, the same night yeah. as All Out. I believe it was All Out before Dynamite had actually aired. Yeah. And, he was yeah. like, and, he, and he was like, you know, it's great that they'll have a few bangers a year. But he was like, we're doing this constantly, you know, like on a, a week-to-week basis. This is WWE. So if you're going to get mad at Eddie Kingston, man, look, there are examples for years of guys doing the same thing. You know, maybe they don't directly do it like Eddie did, but um, please don't get so upset or read into it too much. It's, it's just wrestling, man. Yep. Like, and I know, I know that's a fundamental thing you can say about anything. You could make any point like a go. It's just wrestling. But, um, but in, in this kind of instance, I do feel it's just a bit too nitpicky, man. 
with anything that comes out with the, you know, it's AEW or they're trying to get WWE's attention or WWE or, you know, looking down at AEW, like just, just enjoy it for what's entertaining and what isn't, to be honest. I I felt the same way when uh, Triple H made on the conference call, like we have the best women's wrestlers in the world. And if they don't want to, they, they want to, like, I felt the same way. Triple H told me directly, he wouldn't trade anyone. Please let this digest for a second. Anyone from NXT for anyone from AEW. Yeah, like, like, like ob- objectively, that's an insane thing to say. But also, I get why he says that, right? And 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 I think everyone at the time was like, "Well, you would. You'd obviously trade Kenny Omega for I don't know Tony Reeves. No offense to him, but you would." Um, but at the same time, you understand because Triple H is making a stance, right? It's, it's yeah. his show. It's what he's built. So you know, it's just the same. It, it is. It really is. But people just pick and choose. Like I oh, shouldn't say that. Was, come on. Yeah, I just I just feel like you know, fully saying it, I I felt I felt like it could it could have came off another way, and that's similar to what he's saying to Eddie Kingston. You could have done it another way. You could have picked up AEW without criticizing the other channel, and like I'm saying, he could have he could have addressed Eddie in a different way to kind of acknowledge the fact he's been in his shoes, and it's this is more coming from a place of giving you advice, like I've been in your shoes. This is the way to do it. This is not the way to do it. But I understand the sentiment 100%. I understand where Eddie's coming from. And I, like you, I did not understand why it became such a big deal. I just thought it was a very cool promo. And I thought it was even cooler that they gave Eddie Kingston that opportunity. Not Kenny Omega, not Chris Jericho, not, you know, they could have put out... um, dozen different guys out there but they decided to put eddie kingston out there and a guy that has never pretty much before double and nothing never performed in front of a full capacity crowd for aew to have that chance in one of the first shows since having fans in attendance it's a great thing to me Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. 
I, uh, I went to a WWE live event once. Uh, oh, God, how many years ago was this? It was in London. And the show closer, right? So the, the, the typically WWE, they'll have a main event and then someone will stay on the mic or they'll go and then somebody will come out just to do the go home segment. And it was Adam Rose. Can you remember a time where Adam Rose was really over because of his theme song and shit, yes. right? Um, and it was just like, no offense to him, it was it was so bad. Like, what has Adam Rose got to say, right? Like, you know, he ain't done shit. Like, he's he's just he's just there, like, and he's in a moment where he's popular because of his song and that. But yeah. then he's trying to give this promo, and everyone was just like, "Wow, like you know, this is this is not working." And then Triple H's music hits, which I assume was like impromptu. Um, he wasn't on the show or anything. He like <laughs> it's just a live event, and now he's here. Oh, okay. Um, and then he they had this really awkward back and forth that clearly wasn't rehearsed either, right? Like Triple H is saying things to him, and he's trying to like come up with comebacks. Then was like, "Ooh," and uh, uh, and then of course, what happens? Triple H pedigrees him. Whoa, we'll go home happy. Um, <laughs> And that was it. And I just thought, wow, Triple H, imagine Triple H sitting backstage going, oh, I'm going to come, I'm gonna have to save the day. Like, <laughs> getting off his it's chair. Going to gonna have to, gonna have to go pedigree, the lad. Um, yeah, very funny. I like this comment from Gatecrasher. I used to go to Ring of Honor shows over many a weekend and David Richards used to rip apart WWE. Crowd used to cheer along. But the stupid thing was, everyone was there for WWE as they were going to Mania. I was just about to say, like, in, in, in the independent circuit, nearly everyone's biggest payday is manual weekend. So yeah. the irony of that is insane. Uh, but, you know, at the same time is what it is. Uh, just a reminder, guys, as Chris Petru, the good egg, has put in the chat here. Want to have your thoughts and questions read out live? Ultra chat us, guys. Get it into WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Whatever you want to talk about. Whatever hot take you may have. Get it into us. We will read it out on the screen, you know, in lieu of Steph Chase, in lieu of Louis and his ice cold takes. Uh, get them in and let's replace. Let's and, get it. And there's an opening for Hot Take King because Louis wants to take Steph's crown as Hot Take Queen. So, yeah, he's made that clear. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if just bad takes get you the crown. I'm not sure. Um, but. There you go. The guy is the guy has takes. That much I will give him. Uh, also, you will have noticed in Chris Petru and Hector, they have. I, mean, I don't know why he's got a head rush. Um, but you'll see the little symbol next to his name. They're green in the chat. These are members. If you want to become part of the Wrestling Daily Tribe, as it were, you can join. Uh, the description in the video is the link. You can join and become a member. You can use the emotes that you see in the bottom hand corners. There's a tier system of loyalty with lots of lovely little rewards along the way. So please do join it. Make SB3 and I have a party and join us. Join us. Um, Please feel free to join the Wrestling Daily Gang. Good eggs are always welcome. The next piece of business before we touch on the NXT card, SP3, is the tag team rankings. Now, let me just get this out in the open. WWE have said their top five is the Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, the Hart Foundation, the Hardy Boys, the New Day, in chronological order. New Day are number one. SB3, I want your immediate thoughts on that list. I do not have any issue with it, and it's probably the same top five that I would have imagined when this list first started. I mean, the only the only kind of glaring omission would probably be the Usos, but yeah. when you hear those top five teams, 
it's like, who do you take out? Who do you take out of there? Like, you got to include the TLC3, in my opinion, because they took tag team wrestling to the next level. You had to include one of the 80s teams because that was the first time when tag team wrestling was really, you know, valued in the WWE. And I don't think there was any better 80s tag team than the Hart Foundation. They really set like a template for tag team wrestling, having the speedy technical wrestling guy and the overpowering brute in Jim Danville, Nightheart. Like that's that was one of the best teams ever. And then the New Day. For, for better or worse, and I know a lot of people were upset with them being number one, but when you look at it, outside of the Hardys, there's not been a bigger merch mover when it comes to tag team wrestling than the New Day. I would say it's the Hardys and the New Day. And I think, is, I think is that Day, how we're going to quantify greatest tag team? I'm thinking, I to, uh, hey, I will say this once again. I thought, I thought it was understood, but I put on my Vince hat <laughs> on this, on this list. Okay, I put on my okay. Vince hat. You, I, okay. I said it once, I'll say it again. This don't care what me, Alex, or any of you care about. He cares no. about the bottom line. And whatever team made him the most money, whatever team has enough accolades for them to contribute to that and say, you know, no, 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 it's not about the money. It's about this. It's about them being the longest rating tag team champions of all do you think, time. Do you think it's Vince even... Them- do you think Vince even gives like? Do you think he even knows about this racket? <laughs> do, do you think someone's got on his desk like he's trying to you know go through marketing and stuff? And someone goes, Vince, come on, man, we need the top five, and he's like, ah, yeah, like, like, do it. He's like, he's like, you know what? We're gonna give it to the new day. I'm just rationalizing. Yeah, WWE had WWE mentality. WWE mentality. The new day is eleven tag tag team champions. The new day is like is like this generation's free birds meets the hardies as far as like merch movers like i i can understand them being number one are they my number one no my number one would be the hardies the hardies kind of put tag team wrestling on the map when i was most into professional wrestling as a fan they were the biggest tag team they were just as over as the top guys austin oh Rock, wow triple h yeah the, and like they they kind of transcended wrestling even people that wasn't wrestling fans they knew about the hardies so yeah i would give the hardies number one but do i understand the new day being number one 100%. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. Not mad at the list at all. I think it's really just semantics in the sense that, you know, you could change some things around. Like I would probably, just on longevity as a team, have the Dudleys over Edge and Christian. I'm a massive that. I'm a massive Edge and Christian fan. Me too. Right? At, at their apex, they were arguably the most entertaining team there's ever been. Um, I'm talking from a character standpoint, and, you know, they were electric from, like, 2000, 2001. Um, but the Dudleys did more and accomplished more over a longer period of time. Edge and Christian went on to do their own things. Um, yeah. So I would be tempted to put Dudleys ahead of them, and I think I would. Um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. New Day are probably, they are one of, if not the greatest faction in WWE history at this point. Yeah. Um, now, there's there's a lot of different metrics that would score that. And I know from an impact standpoint, people are going to point to Four Horsemen and um, you know DX and NWO. Of course they will. Uh, I would even say Evolution are up there. But when I look at New Day and what they've accomplished, um, certainly like from where they were to what they've become as well, like there's just, there's no real scope on how to describe how fruitful and important their run has been 
in WWE. And the fact that they've done it their way, if they never turn on each other, that will be something amazing. And I really hope that's the case. I believe that will be the case. Just haven't spoken to all of them. Uh, I just... To me... <laughs> again, this is like, you know, we're talking about our number ones. Vince doesn't care. Uh, I, I always look at stuff like this in the most objective way possible. Like, how tangible is their influence on their, like, what did they run? What impact did they have? The TLC three, you could argue have to be the top three. Yeah, right? you, you, you could definitely make that argument because nobody has impacted the business, certainly tag team wrestling more than them three. I would love to hear the argument against it. And I know people will go, Oh, the midnight express. But yeah, really in WWE though, like their, their biggest success, you know, WCW and WA, that, that's the territories. They were the hottest there. Road warriors, Again. I saw a lot of I saw a lot of people getting mad that the LOD wasn't in the top five. I'm like, did you watch their WWF run? Did exactly. You watch their WWE run? It's about NWA Jim Crockett promotions for the Road Warriors. That's when they hit their yeah. heights. Not in WWE. The Legion of Doom. Same, same as the Steiners, really. Yeah. Like you know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of arguments, uh, and, and there are, these are great teams. I I would even say like Harlem Heat deserve more. Yeah. If but but they didn't. This is WWE tag teams. Right. Exactly. You have to remember that's that's the problem with this list. And there's to me, from a WWE standpoint, there are no more important teams in the history of WWE than the three TLC teams. Right. I, the Hart Foundation, I think, is a very worthy top five placeholder. And then I think it is between the New Day and the Usos for the last spot. And I, and I yeah. say that because they've probably had the greatest tag team rivalry of the past decade, at least. Yep. I honestly don't have a better one off the top of my head. And I know there's been a few, like, even the last 20 years, there's been a few kind of um, rivalries, like, you know, DX and Legacy. But I don't think that was as good as New Day and Usos in terms of uh, what it did for all the teams and the Hell in a Cell they had, which is like a landmark Hell in a Cell. Um, so I can, I can understand New Day being there. They've had great moments. Hardy Boys, though, their initial run was insane. Right. In, it was literally insane. Their first run. I, I could be here for ages describing to you the ladder matches, the organic TLC build and just how fucking over the Hardy boys were at one point. Right. Jeff in particular was just, oh, my God, red hot. Yeah. Um, like, I know maybe it's diluted because like the Rock and Austin were getting insane pops in that era. But like a Jeff Hardy pop in that era today would literally blow your head off. You'd be like, wow, um, he, he was hot. Uh and then obviously they come back in 06, another great run, like together. And then again, obviously 2017, one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Um, I understand them, you know, where the list is and, and why those guys are what they are. Jeremy Bauman says here, the Rock and Sock Connection brought the best segment in WWE history. Well, they brought the highest rated. Doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it was the best. Not the um, best. <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I mean, if you go back and watch that, I wouldn't say it was the best. It's good. It's good. I don't know if it's yeah. the best ever. Um, but... Um, I mean, I, listen. As a rock fan, I would, I would love to very biasly make a case for what you just said. Um, and I love the Rock and Sock, by the way. They were a great tag team, but their body of work lasted maybe six months, and then a WrestleMania four years later, eh, maybe three. Uh, I think it was like three months. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I'm saying six because it kind of came from what they did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. From their feud. Their tag runs. I mean, when they didn't have the titles more than a week at a time, I don't think. Nope. And they had them. They had them three times. I want to say twice. I think, th two. I think twice. Yeah, at least twice. 
two or two or three, and he, each of them were like, you know, they lost to the Hollies at one point. This is how you know I'm a rock fan. I know who they dropped the tag titles to. Um, anyway. I, remember that. I remember more the when the New Age Outlaws came back together and beat them. That's what I remember. on SmackDown. Yes. Yeah. See, don't fuck with me, SB3. I know. <laughs> I know when these things happen. No, that was that was a bit much. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that we, what we can surmise here is it, it, it's fair. That's yeah. what I would call that list. It's fair. Like, if there had been none of the of the three TLC guys and they would have gone, this list is blasphemous. I agree. Um, uh, but I can get on board. I can understand the WWE thinking. I might have changed the positions. I think if I had to be really over the top, I would say Hardy's, duh, Dudley's, Edge and Christian, Heart Foundation, New Day. That would be my five. And I, ah, maybe even New Day over the ah. I, I don't would, know. I would, I would put the New Day over Edge and Christian. I'm a big Edge and Christian yeah, fan. They were no, my favorite of the TLC three. But I agree with you. Like when you really think about it, they got together in like '98, '99. They're broken up by 2001. Like Dudley's still Hardy, run. Yeah, they but still yeah. run. But Dudley's and Hardy's had different stages of their yes. of their runs where they got separated then put back together because they were most over together edge and christian you could say were probably equally as over when they were separated you know so yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah that's the thing like edge went on to be such a big star that um you could argue that the reason the dudleys could always come back together and would none of them reach the heights that a jeff hardy or an edge did um but even so with the hardys though and with all of that they still managed to get back together and i'd still potentially argue that they're better together than apart, wow. even though Jeff, even though they are, ah, these are this is difficult conversations because the Hardys again, they've proven Matt is maybe the most creative one of the six, the TLC six. Um, yeah. but I just love the Hardys together. I, 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 I'm trying to really separate my like my heart from my head here, um, which is hard when talking about really? these guys. But anyway, again, like I said, it to me, I'm not offended by the list at all. I think it's great for all of them. Um, you know, and it, all the right people are in and around it. I think it's fine, SB3. I agree. I actually stayed up and watched NXT last night, which is a rare thing. I Me didn't too. have work today. I know. I had to take my daughter to school, though, and I was like, oh, my God. But um, I, I did stay up and watch it because uh, it's been good the last few weeks. And another solid episode. Let's start with – I know we normally go chronologically. Uh, I think Gatecrasher asked earlier what that meant. It basically means in order um, in terms of start to finish. I want to talk about Hit Row. I want to talk about Swerve. Now, this is like a similar thing with Keith Lee and Bronson Reed, where it's like, oh, man, they just got it, right? Yeah. But it's going to be a similar thing like with Keith Lee because we're all under the impression, given the recent reports, that Bronson's on his way up. If you have to take the belt off Bronson Reed at this point, which it seems like Triple H had no choice because Vince said, I'm going to have him, give it to the hot hand. And the hot hand is hit row. I'm a big fan of the decision. Hit Row is like my favorite thing on NXT. So I, I've been having the song stuck in my head all day after watching the main event. I thought it was a really good matchup because yeah. it highlighted and showcased Bronson Reed in a big way. Like Swerve selling for him was was amazing. His facial expressions, his body language, just the way Bronson Reed was like swatting him out of the air. It was perfect. And then in the end, he 
they protected Bronson Reed in the loss because it took all of the members of Hit Row distracting Bronson Reed for for Swerve Scott to get the victory. But this felt like a crowning moment, like a coronation, because this group has meshed so well together. They gelled, they oozed charisma, and it felt proper for for Swerve Scott to get the victory here. But I 100% agree with you. It looks like Bronson Reed is going to the main, main roster because we they totally forgot about about Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar was supposed to get his shot before Swerve Scott, but they were like, no, Swerve Scott is the destination we were already going to because they kept teasing it. So we're just gonna rush the process because Vince wants Bronson Reed probably a lot sooner than we thought. We thought it was probably going to be for like the draft. I know we earlier reports was also that Vince is going to be at the performance center tomorrow to kind of scout other talent and to see who else he wants to get called up. But it it sounds like to me that Bronson Reed might get called up to the main roster when they return with fans in attendance now because of how fast and how much of a surprise this title change was. Absolutely. Um, I'm a big fan of Hit Row. I think it's it's one of them things like Swerve. I mean, Swerve, I, I was a fan of his work anyway. But it's always great when they can just pivot the character into something amazing like this. Um, and it's connected right off the jump. Right. Yeah. It hasn't had to get hot. It's just it, it's just it just works. Uh, Jeremy Bauman says here was the Heart Foundation just Brett and Jim. I believe so. Brett yeah. and the Anvil, I think, is what they're including as the Heart Foundation. The faction. Yeah. I mean, I mean, had it. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, did have it with the bulldog at one point, right? Yeah. But yeah. um, you know, the Hart Foundation is Brett and Danville. Come on now. Yeah, they never um, referred to that to Owen and Bulldog. No, Hart Foundation. Not- they were Owen and the Bulldog, basically. I wish they got a name because that was a great tag team as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving along with NXT, uh, I thought the opening of the show was good too. The women's tag match. What did you make of uh, what transpired there? Because the Io Shirai, Zoe Stark uh, union continues, and now they're going to get a shot at Candice and Indy. Um, I think out of all the teams and stuff, like I, I get it that some people find it a little jarring, Zoe and Io, and it's hard for Io to communicate. the. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like For them in their segments to really come together, it's difficult to make it happen. Um, cold anyway. But at the same time, the the in-ring work was great. It was a lot of fun, and it was a great way to kind of open the show. I love the little dives before the commercial break with uh, Zoe Stark with that cool dive off the top rope. I love the finish with all the finishers. It was like nonstop finisher bonanza. It was like it was like everybody's got their finishers up in uh in two K, and everybody's hitting them all at the same time like the Eclipse, into the go-to-kick, into the Shote, into the Moonsault. Just great sequence, great timing. I thought all the ladies performed very well. And I'm okay with Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. I know I haven't been a fan of the little partnership over the last couple of weeks, but it makes sense for them to be like the TV challengers, especially with Great American Bash having a short turnaround after TakeOver in your house. They already have an input story due to, you know, Shirai coming back and kind of interacting with the way. And then I love the little promo segment afterward with Shirai mentioning that Candice LeRae has never 
beaten Io Shirai. Like they versed at Takeover Toronto in 2019. Yeah, they yeah, yep. They they verse last year a couple of times, and every single time Io Shirai has beaten her. So it will be like a huge moment for the way and Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell if she's able to get the victory as a tag team over Io Shirai. Can I just say when you were talking about <laughs> Swerve and Reed a minute ago, um, and you and you said about sweating out the air, um, <laughs> for some reason it came to mind was Big E, and he goes, "Bob that." <laughs> Yeah, he goes, nah, man, bump that. <laughs> I want big, meaty men slapping me. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, that, that, when you posted that on Twitter, I was laughing so hard once again. I haven't well, seen I, it in, in, a, in, a, I, in a few few months or so. It's one of those where I was on public transport the first time I ever heard it, and I was literally cracking up. I, the, the only thing I would liken it to um, was when I listened to a podcast. I don't know if any of you listened to the Edge and Christian podcast yeah. when they had Batista. And they talked about the song, <laughs> his little thing. And they're talking about how Ric Flair casually dropped in that, like, Batista was an orphan. <laughs> and they're like, my daddy's gone. I'm so alone. Uh, and like, oh, oh, my God. You, like, you have to listen to it. It's one of the most oh, hilarious man. pieces of audio I've ever heard in my life. And Batista's just like, I don't know. But they're like, Ric Flair. Woo! Woo, Ric Flair. I'm the man. Oh, mountaintop. Uh, Batista hasn't got a dad. Uh, <laughs> 16 time. Like, just slipped in. Like, whoa. Everyone's like, what do you mean? What do you mean he hasn't got a dad? It's uh, escalating yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was so good. But anyway, back to Big E and that. And that. Um, so, like, there's the. I put the clip on Twitter the other day. It is literally incredible where um, they ask him what his dream match is. And he goes, You were talking. He can barely get it out. And Xavier Woods is absolutely pissing himself. And they're like, uh, you talk about your work rate, <laughs> your five-star matches. And he goes, bump that. Bump that. Big, big, meaty man slapping me. <laughs> Give me and Goldberg. Go- <laughs> Goldberg. He's like, he's, like, he's like, you want a dream match for the New Day? New Day versus three Goldbergs. <laughs> I want big hands and big muscles. Slapping, slapping me. <laughs> ah, that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, <laughs> yes, you're right. I think. <laughs> um. So yes, you're right. By the way, hey, she's back. Um. It's like they it's... they watch wrestling daily. They watch us to talk about NXT, and they be like, you know what? We're gonna put Saray out there, and we're gonna yeah. let her cut a promo. So you can realize why we didn't put Io Shirai and Saray together because yeah. they both this English is not their first language, so that's why they're not tagged. Yeah, that's pretty much described. Um, but Saray is back. Tony Storm, I can't wait to see that. To be fair, yeah. so uh, I'm I'm all I'm all ears with that. Uh, just to, to to wrap things up with NXT, we'll speed through so we can do um, the the debate that we have lined up. Uh, Cameron Grimes was out again, and he is going to be taking on LA Knight uh, in some sort of fashion next week. Um, I thought <laughs> I-, I said this on Twitter as well. LA Knight came out with that rock uh, Toronto, yay, energy. Uh, when he was like, oh, yay, Cameron Grimes. Um, and it was, you know, he did the whole textbook heel thing where he was like, oh, you want to do you next week? Me and you. No. Um, and then, of course, by the end of it, they turned it around. Uh, well, Cameron Grimes is pretty over SP3. 
I've been saying this for weeks. They got a hot baby face on their on their docket right now, but I I feel like they are not gonna go with the momentum. They're just gonna build more sympathy. I don't think he's gonna beat L.A. Knight next week. I think the stipulation that if he loses, he becomes L.A. Knight's butler. I think that's gonna build more sympathy and you know more good TV. Yeah, more good TV. The vignettes with him washing L.A. Knight's car, and then eventually, you know, months from now, maybe at the next takeover, we get L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes finally finish this feud, and L.A. and L.A. Knight loses the million dollar title to Cameron Grimes. Mm, yeah, I think you are correct. Um, also, Kylo Riley and Adam Cole had a bit of a coming together, and Samoa Joe just watched as Adam Cole arrived in pain from Kylo Riley before he eventually did send down the security to break that up. In elsewhere, in more Samoa Joe news, uh, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, of course, thought they had one up to carry and cross earlier on in the show. But later on in the night, Karrion <laughs> um, Cross basically puts Gargano to sleep. Uh, Austin Theory gets the exact same forearm to the back of the head that Cross received earlier. Uh, and then Samoa Joe had to come out basically and say, come on, leave him alone. Um, so that was Samoa Joe's night's work, SB3. Yes, uh, more teasing of Samoa Joe uh, going against Adam Cole, going against Karrion Cross. I'm all for it. I love the Samoa Joe's response to Adam Cole. I love the Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly promo. It actually made me want to see this match where I was like, you know, I I said a couple of weeks ago, I was already done with this feud after Stand and Deliver. But after the promo, yeah, I kind of want to see them in a a wrestling match. I feel like the wrestling match will be better than the the non-sanctioned match, especially if they don't give them 45 minutes. I agree. Uh, Two more points in NXT before we go. Um, and I know I said I wasn't going to leave us 10 minutes for the debate, but here we are. Um, man, Mercedes Martinez. Ooh, like, uh, Zia Lee kicked the shit out of her face. Um, that spinning kick, like, that connected flush. And the way Mercedes, like, as soon as I watched it, I was like, oh, man, like, something's wrong with her. Like, she, uh, obviously, like, I think she's knocked out at the time it happens because yeah. she goes down so stiff. They can't even pin her properly because she's stuck basically how she was. And then an in instinct, she kicks out. She's obviously not meant to kick out. Zaylee's finished, uh, and that's when the ref just says, "Well, you know, let's call it a day here." Uh, yeah. And the camera stays well off Mercedes at this point. Um, she was clearly in a lot of trouble. You could tell by the way she just fell down straight on her head. She didn't know where she was, what was going on. Um, man, it, it was rough, rough to watch. Uh, we understand that. Um, you know, I, I saw Sean Rossap comment on it that she was, you know, uh, evaluated backstage and then she went to hospital. So all seems to be taken care of in that department. But man, that was scary, to be honest. Like, and you yeah. tell Zaylee as well, it was just like, because that's a hard situation. I remember Rhea Ripley talking about it when Tegan blew her knee out. Um, you've got to stay in your shit. But at the same time, you can always, you can read the face and they're like, oh no. It was it was a scary spot right there. Like uh, I, you know, I couldn't be in Zia Lee's position of being the person, you know, who hits the kick. And you know, there's gonna be people in the wrestling community that are like critical of her. But that was, you know, you want to make everything look real, but that was too real. And uh, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Mercedes Martinez is all right. You know, she is very, you know, advanced in her career. So you would hate for something like this to kind of 
mark like the end like we, yeah like, you we don't we don't it. want a we don't want a concussion or anything at this stage yeah. that will really set a batman that's the last thing we want yeah and, and like what i was when i saw it happen i already like, saw the scene the the spot on uh social media before i actually saw the show and then when i watched the show it reminded me very much of the the bret hart uh goldberg goldberg and, yeah oh, and it was just like i was like you know i'm hoping for the best because i'm a big mercedes martinez fan so you know i'm sending my you know thoughts to her hopefully it, she's able to you know recover and it's not a serious concussion yeah i mean as they say right it ain't ballet i understand you know it, it's these things happen um and the difference i guess I mean, Goldberg, if anyone sees the kick that he chucked to Brown. Um, but it's Ali, um, it's, a, it's similar to Alistair Black in the finish where it's a spinning kick. So yeah. it can be harder to pull, I would assume. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not as flexible as these guys, but I'm assuming obviously once you've started and you've judged the distance, it's it can be difficult. So um, I don't know what will happen there with that one, but it is a cool finish when she gets it right. Um, it's just one of those, man. It just they obviously got the distance or the timing wrong. And uh, I see Mercedes like stood there waiting for it as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she knew that she'd set off, and it, it's just what, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's a big shame. Uh, but well, anyway, everyone obviously here just wishes nothing but the best for Mercedes Martinez, uh, a genuine goat. By the way, talking about promos earlier in the show, <laughs> Thatcher and Chumper blitzed. MSK, they cooked them on the mic terribly, and the crowd, by the way, were not feeling MSK. And I feel sorry for them because they are two of the loveliest good energy guys. Months. They have yeah. for months. They've been. I think. Them. I think. It, I think it is because they've just gone like to the top, right? Like they yeah. haven't lost. Triple H just pushed them like to the moon. Uh, sometimes wrestling fans can be that way, but I think. Um, in their case, like after interviewing them as well, they're super likable. Um, I, I, it's very hard to put my finger on the hatred, but also when you put them opposite someone like Champa, who has got all the equity in the world with the fans, and Thatcher, who is just like a walking gold mine. Um, man, there was only one winner, SP3. They did not book them well at all, though. Like they they swung on them without being provoked. So they come off as the heels. They're talking about put some respect on our names. Like you haven't done anything. You've been here for a cup of cup of coffee, and you're talking about one of the NXT goats in in yeah. uh, Tommaso Champa. Yeah, like, the way the way Champa like manhandled Nash, I was like, oh man. <laughs> Imagine you was in a fight and someone just grabbed you like that and went, no, 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 and start talking to you. You'd be like, what? Um, and it's yeah. like, and it, like you said, they haven't like built them up like to get the momentum that they need for the fans to rally behind them. And it kind of segues into another big part of the show where they made the announcement for the breakout tournament and they showed all the guys that came from the, the original breakout tournament in 2019. When you look yeah. at all these guys, these guys have really earned their spots, earned their way to getting like support, like a Cameron Grimes, Bronson Reed winning the North American championship, Swerve Scott winning the title last night, like all these yeah. guys. And then the guys that immediately got success, like the winner, ACH, he's not with the company, he's retired from, from the business. For anyone, uh, for anyone who's unaware, Jordan Miles at the time. Yeah. Yes, uh, Angel Garza, he was cruiserweight champion immediately after. Now he's on the main roster. And the next Eddie Guerrero, you tell me <laughs> when the last time you saw him. So, yeah. you know, having roaches up asses is what he was doing, man. It's, it's two different, it's two different planes. I think it's better off to kind of build the momentum up for you. 
Yeah, let, let, let's just dive into the, the debate, for want of a better term. We'll have to maybe make it a two-parter, but um, we were going to talk about some of the gimmicks that come from NXT onto the main roster, right? Like, what translate well, what haven't, what's the reason that some of them haven't, you know, like, what, what were big successes in NXT that maybe didn't get the same love that we expected on the main roster. There's a ton of guys that I've seen in NXT and I'm like, Oh man, what an injection that'd be on the main roster. But then when they get there, it's not the same. They are either cast different or the character is tweaked. And sometimes it's for the worse. Most of the time. Um, SB3, have you got an example of someone who, made the adaptation very well. I think one instance that I might be able to say is Elias. He he was Ooh. doing a bit in NXT. And I know he's not like a massive star right now, but I would say around 34 and that year after, he was definitely he definitely had a lot of like he was getting a lot of reactions and you know he was he was definitely a big part of the show. Yeah. Um exceeded expectations because he yeah. was successful the, the, in NXT. The, the injury that he had after that hurt him. But um, would you say that they utilized that gimmick better? Or, you know, they, they made it grander on the main roster? Yeah, definitely. Definitely they they really capitalized on the, the person, the gimmick that he kind of introduced in NXT, which wasn't given the opportunity to kind of put a spotlight on him and he got a bigger spotlight when he came to the main roster. When we talk about like very successful transitions of someone who had a good gimmick in NXT and their initial transition to the WWE main roster went well. The first one that I think of is Kevin Owens, the prize fighter. Like yeah. they, they did it perfect. If him being the NXT champion call, you know, coming out to answer Cena's open challenge, beating John Cena in his first match, you know, for, for better or worse, I know there's some people that, you know, don't like some of the, the ups and downs that he's had. He's had a nice trajectory though. Like he had, he won the intercontinental championship. Then he became the universal champion. Even when he lost the universal title, we won't get into that. Cause I don't want to say, uh, Alex is don't do it. Uh, he, he then went to SmackDown and he won the U.S. title. He was in a long feud with Shane McMahon at the top of the card. He was the number one heel in SmackDown. That great scene with Vince McMahon, and you know, even as as early as uh as early as this year, he was in the top program on SmackDown with Roman Reigns. So he's been in a steady upper upper mid card to main event scene ever Adam. since he got called up. Had, had a great program with Seth as well, the yeah. year before. Um, sure. I think Kevin is one of those valuable players, and he's getting to the point now uh, where fans are like, appreciate. I mean, they always appreciate him, but like because he's been around a while now, people want to see him get them another run, you know, yeah. with the top belt. People want to see it. And I know there's not many places for it at the moment, but people are ready to see KO at the top again in whatever capacity. Yeah. Um, you know, th there's a couple of guys from NXT who I really thought were going to do, you know, like Sami Zayn, for instance. Now, he's had a good career by any stretch of the imagination, I guess. But the guy who was just having clinics in NXT, you know, who gave Nakamura that incredible first match as well. Like, WWE just didn't utilise him. They had the great first one where Bret Hart introduces him again with Cena. Um, he throws his shoulders out straight away. Then we don't see him for ages. And when he comes back, WWE just didn't have the same energy for him that they did that night yeah. um and he's just he's basically been cast as like a, a comedy ish kind of character ever since where i 
I, I don't know whether this is just a personal thing. I've always been fairly frustrated with knowing what Sammy can do to what he is. And, and nothing was worse than when they, and I've said this a few times, they did uh, Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, but it was Sami Zayn the coward who didn't want to wrestle Daniel Bryan. It wasn't like the Sami Zayn who fought Sinsuke Nakamura. That's the guy that you want to put out there. That's the match that people wanted to see. But instead you get the WWE version of that match. And that's frustrating to me because I've seen you know, PWG and whatever, but but like in NXT, even in yeah. NXT, even in NXT, Sammy had done it. So that was another one, man, where I was just a bit perplexed about it. Like, ah, uh, same as Nakamura, I guess. And like, even when you look about his NXT career, like one of the most forgotten things is he had one of the greatest babyface arcs in the history of WWE. I know a lot of people don't like to acknowledge NXT and WWE are the same thing. They're they're Mm. the same company. But I would say Sami Zayn proved himself to be one of the greatest babyface in WWE history in NXT. And they just have never been able to really capitalize on that. When I think, but at the end of the day, did we really expect them to get that right when he got to the main roster? No, no. But But, I mean, I I look at Sammy and I I do think to myself, like, he's in that small collection of guys, like, and I put Cesaro in there as well. Like, one day, if WWE have the presence of mind to flip the switch and they actually say, okay, like, you know, the Kofi Mania esque moment where they're like, okay, now is your time, people would go crazy for that shit. And they yes. would for Stanley. I really believe that. 100% they would. But when I think about ones that were like, when you were the, they were on NXT and you were like, oh, I can't wait till they get to the main roster. This is a can't miss gimmick. I always think about Tyler Breeze. Tyler yeah. Breeze's supermodel gimmick was like, how did you get this wrong? How did you get wrong this generation's Rick the Model Martel meets the original Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels? From the selfie entrance to the theme song that he sang, the furry boots, the the attire, the Zoolander type of gimmick. Like, everything about this was like, you get on the main roster, you might not be a main event, but you can be the next Dolph Ziggler, at least, at the very least. They partnered him with Ziggler off the gate, remember? Yeah, he feuded with Ziggler. I think I think Summer Ray was like in the he was Summer <laughs> Ray's guy against Dolph Ziggler. And then he lost two weeks in. Two weeks in, he lost to, to Dolph Ziggler. Like that they told got, you everything. They got this wrong immediately. Like that was the fastest they ever just had a ready-made gimmick. Like people will point out, you know, Bailey was another one, her original hugger gimmick. It should have been like John Cena for the females, and they never really caught fire. But oh, they did give I mean, her, they did give her a the level. Same. They did give her a level of success. No, nah, that's why I said, like, they did yeah. give her a level of success. She won the Raw Women's Championship within her first like eight months in on the main roster. She was with, over as fuck here. Yes, within them. But Tyler Breeze, they immediately got this wrong. And then when he finally was able to gain momentum again, I remember 2017 SmackDown. Breezango with the Fashion Files was the best thing about the show. Like I literally yeah, it was. Know- it was. I literally know people that was like, oh, I don't really like Raw. I don't even really like a lot of SmackDown. But I'll watch the show to see what happens with the Fashion Files, to see who they're going to feud with next, to see who's going to be up on the wall, what type of like Easter eggs they're going to have they, on, they, their, they on their wall. Them. 
they used to leave it on like cliffhangers week to week, and everyone would be yes. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to watch yeah, Fashion Files. When's Fashion Files going to be on? I, I, I loved Fashion Files. And that was like the apex of Brizango. And of course, Backlash 2017 with the Usos yeah. is one of those underrated classics. Um, but I, I, I put Fandango in that same bracket with Breeze, I where uh, I said this on Twitter after he was released. Really good looking guy, great build, uh, very athletic in the ring, has a great kind of like uh, hot tag or fiery comeback in his locker. I, I think they missed bad. And I know they tried for him in a way with the. Chris Jericho win at WrestleMania, which was a screwy win. You know, if you're going to yeah. try and make someone, try and make them. Um, what was the ceiling on a ballroom dancer gimmick? Right. This is this is my point. As Johnny Curtis, right. This is what we're yeah. talking about from NXT to WWE. That's who he should have been. And I don't want to like take away the Brizango run because I did really enjoy that particular part of it with the fashion files. Oh, but man, I, I felt like he had more tools than he was really allowed to show. And, and he never, as a result, he never reached his ceiling. And he proved that when we, you know, we were talking to Doc Allos a couple of weeks ago, and he said the guy that stood out the most during the, the South Park Regional Wrestling skits was Fandango. He's a naturally funny guy. And I, w- mm. I went back, I think someone posted like an entire thread of the Johnny Curtis original vignettes when he won uh, season four of NXT and he was about to debut on SmackDown. And he's like, I'm, I'm Johnny Curtis, the winner of season four of NXT. And I've got, and he turns around and he's got a chip on his shoulder and he eats the chip. Like he was just naturally funny. He just has a humor to him that was very underrated. I know there's some people that didn't really get to see all of that, but this guy had so much potential and they just really let him down. To go back to the best side, someone that exceeded a lot of expectations because he was at a certain level for sure on NXT, but I can't, I feel like he's kind of exceeded that on the main roster. I would say Baron Corbin has to be in yeah. that discussion a lot. And I'm not the biggest Baron Corbin guy, but I got to say, you know, Baron Corbin, he was a guy that had the, you know, the, the whole 21 seconds or so matches where they count down how long he was in the ring for a while. Then he turned heel. He had a feud with like Samoa Joe. Austin Aries, kind of the indie guys, and he cut good promos there. But he was never at that. He was kind of at that mid-card to upper mid-card level on NXT. And he's kind of mm-hmm. flirted more with the main event scene more than anybody could have imagined on the main roster. So I would say he's in the best category. I remember when I interviewed the Big Show, first ever interview I ever did. And I remember him saying, seriously, like, Baron, like people don't appreciate how good Baron Corbin is. Like he's leg- And I, I've met Baron Corbin in the flesh a few times. He's big. He is big. You know how, like, sometimes they'll be like, oh, six foot seven, but really they're six, five, six, six. This dude is six, seven. He's huge. Um, And, you know, again, I mean, Big Show saying his footwork is so good. And it has to be, you know, you think about his his arsenal, you know, like deep deep six and, you know, to be a bump and feed as a heel, by the way, um, that size that he does. And also his finish, obviously, end of days, like, I think I do think he's really underrated the way he gets about the ring. Like you have to be almost paying attention to it to notice it, but uh, he is really underrated. And um, yeah, again, I remember thinking like when he couldn't win the world title in NXT, I was just a bit like, oh, you know, yeah. but as he's come up to the main roster, like I, I've always been like a Baron Corbin defender and not in the sense of who he is, but who he could be. I do think in the shell of Baron Corbin, lies a lot of talent i I still believe that um we're gonna have to come back to this we didn't even touch on the women there's a ton of those as well oh yeah for sure like 
like Emma, man. I don't. Uh, <laughs> oh my god she oh, was a part hell. of like the the pillars of the nxt division. her and Paige, like Paige, what goes to the main roster wins the diva championship emma goes to the main roster and she's a second for santino they blew it that was another on the tyler breeze deal of how fast they blew that like that yeah. was ridiculous and that's just totally ignoring that she actually is a very good technical wrestler. They were just like, oh, wait, Australian. She's going to be, di- you know, ditzy. Oh, come on now. Ah, anyway, part two of that next week. Uh, SB3, thank you so much, as usual, man, for joining me on, on this Wednesday slot that I look forward to so very much, my friend. Uh, Steph Chase will be back in the place tomorrow with AEW to talk about. There you go. First time in weeks, <laughs> Steph Chase will be in the place. And on Friday, it's Queen of the Ring. Alex, it's the Double Alex Show. Coming my New straight York, to- my New York yeah. homie. We're going to put your in the, in, the, in the live chat just for her. <laughs> yeah, I might bring you on. Um, thank you so much. Uh, once again, SP3, man. Tell the fine people what they can expect from True Hill this week before we sign off. Like I said, immediately following this, uh, probably like 10 minutes after uh, this goes off, we are going to go live with my interview with Weston Blake. We talk about everything, his WWE release, Jackson Riker tweet, as well as you can see me on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel with True Hill Heat 132 on Saturday with myself, Miss Chrissy Love, Top Guy JJ, talking about the rest of the wrestling news. So check it out. And of course, check out Alex. He's doing great things, as always, TalkSport. This man is the face of UK wrestling media. There you go. Keeping Louis Dangor down. <laughs> I'm at the top. I'm at the top saying, stay down, young lion. No, I'm joking. Um, I, do you know what I forgot to say earlier? I uh, The New Age Outlaws, uh, you know, I was talking about like impact. In the Attitude Era, like maybe no one was hotter. Um, yeah. I'm not, I don't know if I want to make a case against any of the five to put them in, but it is worth noting like, Man, they were hot. Um, yeah. I, you know, uh, dumpster matches with Foley and Funk. Like, yeah, they've they have, they've, got, they've got a case. They've you, got a case. When you look at the five, like the TLC three, they had each other. The Heart Foundation had the British Bulldogs. The New Day had the Usos. The New Age Outlaws, they had Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean that's the thing. They didn't really have a legendary feud, but you could argue that they were maybe over, maybe more over than anyone, if, even maybe even more than the Hardys at one point. It, it's 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 definitely it's arguable. debatable. Yeah, it's debatable. Yeah. Um, because you know it's the end. There's a difference between the entrance and being over, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we have an ultra chat to finish on here from Matty, who says, Hey, Alex and Sid, how are you? I'm in bed right now feeling utterly shit. Oh, mate. Oh, no. uh, really sore throat. Oh, man. Get some strep cells. Today, I'm going to ask a non-wrestling question. What was your first job? Following the debate, what's been the biggest fail on the main roster from NXT? Um, okay, so my first job uh, I <laughs> I worked in a shop called Shoe, S C H U H, selling kicks. Um, that was when I was sixteen. Um, and around that same time, I also signed my first like football thing, where I was earning money to play semi-professional football. So that was like my two jobs. I felt rich back then. I had peanuts, but I felt rich at the time. Um, 
But yeah, uh, biggest failure from NXT onto the main roster. Oof. Um, you can make a case for Neville. When you look at what like Pac could do, and I, I, I'm not like calling Pac a failure here. Um, yeah. I'm saying WWE failed him. Yeah, they were like, "Fuck it, let's put Enzo over Pack." Um, but uh, you could make the argument when you look at Pack's ceiling and what he's shown in NXT to what happened in WWE. That's one that springs to mind. I, I probably need to have a longer think. SP3. Yeah, I mean, to answer the the last question, I would say probably yeah, Sami Zayn, because even even though he's gotten a measure of success in the last like year year and a half. He's only had six wins since 2017. Six That's singles mental. victories. Six, champion. six singles victories since 2017. That just says it all, in my opinion, for their treatment of Sami Zayn, one of the who should be arguable on the Mount Rushmore of NXT. The fact that they never really has got him to even close to the spot he was at or even the main event scene, really. He's never even really flirted with it. I think he's mm-hmm. like the, fig- the biggest failure. And my first job, I'm not going to include summer youth. Uh, my first official job was Victoria's Secret stock employee. Oh, yeah. Yes. SP, <laughs> the P in SB3 is pervert. The sultry pervert the third. Uh, I don't know. I'm just making things up. <laughs> That's a good Look, one. He's scouting for jobs, brother, brother. I bet the missus is well kept SP3. Absolutely. She, <laughs> she takes advantage of my old uh, discount there. Yeah, she's stocked. Uh, all right, excellent stuff. We've gone hella over here. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate you very much for joining us again on this Wednesday edition. I'll be back with SP3 next week. But Seth Chase is in the place tomorrow. Until then, take care. Good night. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.